It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. We are on, and I am back. Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Chucky G. Hi, Karen. How's it going? It's going good. I shouldn't be drinking really fizzy drinks right before the show. Nope, she scared me. She just I, take a big, I take a big yeah. gulp, and Cheryl's like, 10 seconds! <laughs> and you have the fog rolling in, by the way. Again, Karen, your fog is rolling in. I've got my, yeah, I have my diffuser going. It's like the you know, the sound on the moors and everything. But it's anyway, this lovely blend. Um, <laughs> it's the Doterra blend called Console, oh. and it's just it's very lovely. It makes me feel a little bit stoned, and so I like it. It's it's called Console. It is. It's for. It's supposed to be for people who are grieving, but I find for me it just. And I think if it's just happy. yeah. <laughs> Most people are consoled by this. Karen gets stoned. That's I have. That's right. So I have my phenakite, which is my get high crystal. Yeah, right. And I have my my console uh, DoTerra blend going in the uh, the not the steamer. The I, mean, I don't even remember what it's called because <laughs> apparently I'm stoned. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun show, folks. Really, these are legal. These are legal. Of course, so is pot in the state of Washington. But no, this is just, it's just aromatherapy and and a little crystal. Okay. And and some and some sparkling water that apparently I shouldn't drink a whole big guzzle right before we're going on the air. Anyways, um, so yes, yeah, so all right, I'm gonna say it this way so it makes sense. Uh, America's Most Haunted Hotels, great book by Jamie Davis Whitmer with Robert Whitmer. She yeah. on the show this this evening. She's I'm also Jack. a traveler and investigator of lost things. There's also another book, uh, Haunted Asylums, Prisons, and Sanatoriums, and all sorts of cool ghost stories. So it's gonna be fun to actually talk yeah. to her, and get through all this wonderful. I am stuff. overly enthusiastic. So how was the show last week? I wasn't here, so it was a really beautiful, marvelous. Was Patrick marvelous? He's always wonderful. Know. You know, it's nice to know that we have your replacement teed up just in case. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. Okay, moving on. <laughs> well, you know, you're starting to you're starting to do local appearances and things. You're getting a little too big for us. Oh my God! Yeah, one meditation thing. I'm too big for your birthday. You're outgrowing us. Oh, you did oh, the fair no, the other day. The all right, things. two things, two stinking things. What's I will that? never, oh I will oh. never forget my home and where I came from ever. Speaking of being super famous yeah. and like having people recognize you, yeah. so only at Wellington. So let's just start with that. So we had a camp out up at Wellington. We were up there, and um, we were we. It was during the day, and this couple came, and we were. I was the wife was still with the kids at the car, and we were talking to the husband, and he said, "Yeah, well, I guess Ghost Adventures has been up here or something." And my wife really wanted to come up here, and I was like, "Really?" And I said, "I don't. I don't think Ghost Adventures. I I can't think of any show that's done it other than Mystery at the Museum." And I said, "And and Jim Jim is always tooting my horn, so she wrote two books about it, about the ghosts up here, and." <laughs> and um, he said, oh, my wife wants to talk to you then, I'm sure. So his wife walked over and she was like, oh, I know you. <laughs> You're famous. No. And You're I was like, what do I know you? And she, they, apparently she has, um, she has 
a couple of my books and she had um, like come to the museum for some of the tours that, that? that we've uh. done there. So it was just really wow. funny. Like, I know who you are. <laughs> and I thought, okay. See? See what, see what yeah. paranormal she, underground radio can do, radio can do for you. I'll be here all by myself. I was recognized at the grocery store once, too. Oh, my God. I know, right? I am happy to say that I have never been recognized. Yeah, I can say the same. No one's ever said, hey, aren't you that guy with the purple hat that does it? No, no one's ever never happened. So that's okay. That's right. Uh, I like because, it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's only because they they know me from um, they come people who come to the tours. And apparently, apparently, I'm very vocal at the tours. And so I, you know. They remember you. They remember me for some reason because I talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, Probably. stop that. You're silly. <laughs> I'm helping the, the people still for the Grace Holistic Center for Education to get enrollment going and, you know, funding still. Uh, they had to push back the ribbon cutting because there's too much construction by the school. So if you go to uh, ghcfe.org, you can... Uh, enroll your children if you live in my area, which is the Illinois area, or um, and otherwise you can look into how you can help fund, you know, money for all sorts of stuff. They're getting computers and desks, and uh, I helped with desks and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. So there you go. Um, so Cheryl, what, well, how, how's things with you and and, and the hubby? Good, great. Good? Just um, well, we didn't get to go on our haunted little haunted tour. We're going to do this past weekend due to car troubles, which was a little bit of a bummer. But we're going to reschedule it and go go visit a haunted distillery here soon in Kentucky. Oh, spirits and oh, spirits. Yeah, yeah. I get a lot of people asking me, "Are you sure the people just aren't drunk and they're and they're really not seeing oh, oh, the ghosts?" Mix, mix your I, spirits, man. Get well, yeah. get taste. Well, what, happened to the, what happened to the car? I mean, is it fixed or It is what? fixed. It just overheated, and apparently it was the uh, the thermometer or some such part. Thermostat. Thermostat, excuse me. Chad's yelling in the back of me. Get it right. Thermostat, <laughs> and um, it's fixed. Thermo so. You know what, Cheryl? Thermometer, okay. thermostat, it's same, the same thing. same thing. Come on. They both, start, they both have to do with thermo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, also, real quick, before we get into yes. the news, we have a new yes. issue online. Go okay. to paranormalunderground.net. Oh, you got ahead of that one, didn't you? Check it out. I did. And check okay. it out. It's our August issue. And I love this issue. Well, I love every issue. But I'll just say this issue is nice. It's pretty. It's got a little nice. lot of good info in it. You can learn about chakras. It should be nice. It should be terrifying. <laughs> it's not very terrifying. There is one terrifying story in there. Well, it's not terrifying. It's a little scary. It's called uh, A Sinister Haunting in San Antonio. That was a little scary. Abducted. Um, we have a story about uh, one of our writers being abduct abducted in his oh. his story. That's a little terrifying. Abducted by That's what? Terrifying. Aliens. Woo! I'm gonna read that. I haven't. I have. I got it in my inbox, but I haven't actually opened oh, it. Oh, for yet. goodness sake! It's got two of your articles in it, Karen. Busy. <laughs> also, we fe feature the happy medium, and she is Kim Russo. You might know her from her yeah. TV show, um, yeah. a Haunting with, and then fill in the blank. Um, yep. Celebrities. It's a very fun show. I like it, and it also is kind of emotional at times. So it's you know it's it's sometimes fun. It's sometimes what's it called? What's the dramatic. show called? It's oh. called The Haunting of with Kim Russo. <laughs> the, haunting of. the Haunting of. You know what? Of. I'll have to look that part. up. Check yeah. it out. Check it out. You can also read the magazine and find out about a book of... Sh what is a book of shadows versus a grimoire? You can find that out. 
You can you, you can learn about the Devil's Gate Dam, which is <laughs> scary. Yeah, it's scary just saying the Devil's. You Gate can you can Dam. learn about a Michigan ghost town cursed by a witch. Oh, cool. You can learn about the power of burning herbs. Nice. So oh, well, I know all about that. Yeah, knows all about that. It's legal here. There's lots more in there, but I'm going to stop at that so Chuck can do the all news. Right. All right, yes. Uh, so it is time, so if you'll play, you know, <clears throat> said things, plural, and then we'll get into it there. Just when you thought the world couldn't get any weirder, it's time for news of the strange and the sounds that you just heard is going to lead up to an article that I read about. I've, I've known about this for a long time. It's been going on for about 10 years now. Um, the, the title for this part of the article is called, What is Causing the Strange Trumpet Sounds in the Sky All Over the World? So, to- you know how when it used yes. to, just really quickly, you know how when it used to thunder, everybody would say, well, that's just God bowling? Yes. Okay, so maybe the strange trumpet sounds are just God farting. It, well, it could be. I'll have to put that on the list of possibility things. It's what? Yes? Oh, yeah. I heard both of them. Anyway, okay. okay so sorry. I didn't okay. the article. All right. This comes from uh, Michael Schneider, Walking Times Media. You can go. I'm sorry. Waking Times Media. You can go to wakingtimesmedia.com and you can see the article. Just put the strange trumpet sounds and you'll find like all the different links to all the different. You can go on YouTube too and put in strange trumpet sounds and you'll find that stuff too. But okay. So here it goes. All over the globe, people are recording extremely loud sounds coming from the sky. In many instances, these ominous noises sound like someone is blowing a trumpet. So what are we supposed to make of these apocalyptic sounds? Should we be concerned? Well, what we do know is that this is truly a global phenomenon. In addition to being heard at locations all over the United States and Canada, these sounds can all have also been recorded in Germany, Hungary, Czech Republic, Denmark, Sweden, England, Costa Rica, the Ukraine, and France. If you go to YouTube and type in, like I said, strange sounds, you'll literally get hundreds of results from all over the planet. Of course, there are many scientists that insist that this must be, there must be like a rational explanation, of course they do, for these strange sounds. Some theories have suggested fracking, rock bursts, venting of high-pressure gas, atmospheric pressure, or the natural background noise of our planet as causing of these sounds. But, so far, none of these theories have been proven. But two things seem certain. These noises sure are creepy, and they just keep on happening. And this phenomenon is really starting to get a whole lot of attention. Just within the last month, there have been headlines about it in major news sources all over the planet. For instance, the following is a brief excerpt from this phenomenon from an article in the New York Post. Video clips from around the world have captured a trumpet noise coming from the sky, but no one can exactly explain what it is. A number of people have filmed the bizarre sound over the past 10 years with the latest coming from Germany. No one knows what's exactly causing these sounds, but so many people around the world are experiencing them that it seems to, it seems to rule out a hoax. So how can we explain it? 
the following theories were put forward by Daily Mail. Okay, so these are some of the theories that they think might be causing these sounds. Uh, tectonic plate grinding. Uh, oh, yeah. That could be. Got, uh, tectonic plates are a piece of the Earth's crust uh, that you know uh, uh, move together. They're like 62 miles thick. consists of two principles, oceanic crust and continental crust. They also thought, well, we talked about atmospheric pressure. Uh, trains shunting, which I'm sorry, really noise coming from trains, reaction to the train and overhead wires. I mean, you've heard the sounds are so loud. I, I, I actually thought it sounded like trains. It did. Uh, it, it sounded like trains or whales to me because Cheryl sent it to me with zero context. Okay. okay. She's just like, these clips are from Chuck and I'm listening. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. When you watch them in context with the video and the people that just like, you know, just looking at what, what the heck is this, you know? Because they were just saying even maybe construction, aliens. Another interesting one was harp weapon. Rumors persist that the U.S. Yeah. government used secret weapons in the sky for defense and weather modifying. The high-frequency active auroral research program. This wouldn't, this wouldn't explain the sounds in other countries, however. The apocalypse and the seven trumpets of heaven. Seven trumpets are sounded one at a time to cue the apocalyptic events that were seen in the visions of the revelations of Christ So Jesus. that one's not from scientists. Uh, no. And then the scientists of NASA have a different explanation. What they think is being heard is simply the natural background noises that our planet is constantly producing. According to NASA, it could be Earth's background noise. A statement from the agency said if humans had radio antennas instead of ears, we would hear a remarkable symphony of strange noises coming from our own planet. They sound like background music from a flamboyant science fiction film, but this is not science fiction. Earth's natural radio emissions are real, and although we're mostly unaware of them, they are around us all the time. Some say these explanations by NASA don't really ring true. So what do you think? And that's the article right there. So, uh, any, I mean, if, if each one of you had to pick one thing, what do you think it might be? I mean, what would... Uh, I actually like the NASA theory an awful lot because I've heard space noise before. They, I've heard it played, and yeah, yeah. it sounds that. It, yeah, that's that's what I think it would okay. be: Earth noise uh, or space noise. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. You know, and it's interesting that it's started to progress. But then again, you got to remember everything keeps evolving and changing on Earth. So you know, if, if one time it wasn't. Oh, Chad's waving in the background. He has a theory, maybe. Hey, I'm so sorry. I was muted. Uh-oh. I said oh. I thought it was in the environment. Yes. Um, oh, the, the noises. Okay. I think it's an environmental well, same, thing, environmental same as thing. Karen, basically. Yeah. Same uh, any Karen. way you look at it, even though I, I might agree, it might actually be that it's really creepy. So I don't know. You know, it's just. I it's, don't think it's apocalyptic, though. I no. feel like that was a little bit of hyperbole. Yeah. I, well, you know, that's people really got to go there right away. So, um, but yeah, it's very interesting. So if you guys want to check out more, you can go. Like I said, there's hundreds and hundreds of clips with video and sound, and you can check them out yourself and make your own conclusion. I'm so, totally gonna do that. What's that site again? Uh, the site was WakingTimesMedia.com. Plus, you can just go to YouTube. You don't even have to go there. You can just go to YouTube, put in strange trumpet sounds. You'll get like what hundreds and hundreds of different clips that you can check out. So. Awesome. All right, this was another this was another weird one. This was a uh, recently discovered mysterious island in Argentina named the Eye prompts detailed investigation and Kickstarter campaign, which is interesting. This comes from paranormalnews.com. Everyone loves a mystery. In fact, the only thing people love more than a mystery is a newer mystery, which hasn't already been passed around the web for 25 years. Having said that, if you haven't heard of it, you're not alone, because I hadn't. And there's actually a website for this, too. I'll name it at the end. The Eye can be found on Google Maps. It is a circle of land that is surrounded by a thin channel of water and relatively difficult to navigate terrain. 
Both the land masses in the center and the channel surrounding it form an almost perfect circle. And the landmass in the center, it moves. No one has really attempted to investigate the landmass until now, but ever since it has been discovered, a team has been hoping to gear up and create a full-length documentary to answer a number of questions. How long has it been there? What caused the formation? What, why does it move? And how, it, how has it lasted so long without deforming? In other words, it's moving around. It's, it just stays that perfect circle. It never wears down. All right, hence the campaign, of course. During an initial investigation, a team discovered the landmass in the center floats on a pond of clear and very cold water, which is highly unusual and in contrast to the surrounding area. In addition, the bottom is much more solid than the marshes around it. But what is actually underneath it? All opinions express a desire to know more. For instance, uh, Ricardo Petroni, a civil engineer with a master's degree from MIT, found the eye very intriguing and wants to know how it could continue to maintain its form for so many years. Pablo Suarez from Boston University, who does dynamic system modeling, says he had not run across anything like it. To him, it does not appear to be a crater or caused by any typical natural phenomena. Uh, Gustavo Schneider, who works at a company specializing in satellite surveillance, stated that he had never seen anything like it before, either in spite of the years of experience he has analyzed imagery of Earth. Furthermore, the satellite imagery has pulled from the area shows the eye goes back not just 10 years as charted by Google, but at least 30 years. He proposed studying the geology, the geology of the area to determine the type of soil which makes up the eye and the soil underneath as well as the surrounding marsh. Um, there's also other people on top of it. Um, of course, UFO and paranormal investigators are understandably just as interested as everyone else. A journalist, Alejandro Algastanelli, Algastanelli, that it is. A specialized I'm, sure, I'm sure you said that exactly I'm right. Sure I said that. Oh, yeah, I said that perfect. Specializes in paranormal phenomena and other mysteries, believes that more can be learned by interviewing people in the area in hopes of reaching more of a conclusion. He states that even with his vast experience in studying ufology matters, he hasn't run across anything quite like it. Circular patterns on the ground are typically construed to be possible landing sites for alien craft, but the circle is a rare phenomenon and must be investigated, he said. Um, so, while, uh, so basically, it's this other reports have included, like, um, it's been all sorts of just things of, if you look at it on Google, when I was looking at the picture, I mean, it is, it's a perfect circle sitting on water in a larger <laughs> circle, and it just kind of like, that's what I call it the eye, because it just keeps moving around. You can go to uh, ELOJOproject.com and you can check out more about it. You'll see the actual uh, photographs and videos of it moving around and stuff. So they haven't um, gotten there yet as far as you know getting the okie dokie to go and do a documentary stuff, but I'm hoping they will. Um, uh, you can go, of course, to that site and you can help fund it too because if they get the project going and get enough funding, then maybe we'll get some answers. But uh, yeah. Hey, Chuck, yeah. what yes. was that website? I typed it in, but it didn't come up. I might have gotten it wrong. Jokers? Which one? You said E L O Project.com? E L J O? E L O J O Project.com. That's it. I had the wrong. Uh, no, it's still not working for me. Oh, well, I tried. Really? Well, you could just type, you could probably just type up Google the I. Okay. Um, and it'll probably come up that way. But that's what it says. It says www.elojoproject.com. So oh, it finally it came up. I just, I. Okay. Yeah, there you go. I got it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, and so and it's really weird when you look at it because it's like all this green mass and everything, and here's this little thing just circling around inside this little spot. So it's pretty weird. Um, the last one I got is um, spirit. Since we're you know going to be talking about haunted things tonight, six 
ways modern spirits communicate with us. So this is kind of interesting because, you know, we're used to, you know, EVP and such, but there's some other, you know, things on top of that. All right. Most everyone's familiar, like I said, with EVPs, which are the best known examples of spirit communication. Okay. Uh, the um, uh, telephones have also been used, and that's one of the ones I think they're going to be talking about. But the earliest documentation of using the use of telephones for spirit communication was first presented in Phone Calls from the Dead in the late 70s. In 2012, this earlier work was followed up in a new book, Telephone Calls from the Dead, which included more modern examples, including spirit communication via electronic devices, including computers and cell phones. So there's just some of them. Uh, one, of course, voicemail, answering machines. Uh, recently, there was a story floating around about a client of a writer of this article that didn't get a name, whose close friend died quite suddenly in an accident. Shortly after he passed, he began leaving messages on her home answering machine. Interesting, at least one message showed as being made from her own cell phone. However, her cell phone had no recording of the outgoing call. The phrases spoken were, I'm here, I'm here, and I'm fine. Two, text messages. This is kind of interesting to me. Receiving text messages from those that have passed on is becoming much more common. Sometimes we don't even know yet that the person texting us is deceased. People mentioning finding unsent text messages on their cell phones as well, ones they haven't even written. Typically, though, we are usually on the receiving end of this type of spirit communication. Uh, believe it or not, emails. Cases have been reported of emails have been being sent after the sender has passed on. Sometimes they contain words, but they have been known to be blank or including only a photograph. Uh, the time frame can be hours after death or even weeks, months or more, often long after the email account has been deleted. Uh, computer man manipulation. Okay, this can take many forms. Some have reported finding open word processing documents from typed messages on them, while others have reported an unseen force taking over the computer, opening and closing windows, opening and closing files and photos and such. Um, phone calls, of course, phone calls from the dead seem to have occurred since landline phones were first invented. However, the sheer number of phones today, especially the prevalence of cell phones, means that they are much more accessible than ever to spirits. Most often, the calls contain a lot of static and may or may not include a recognizable voice or message. And then, of course, the last one, is social media. Uh, spirits' presences on social media is an interesting topic, and I do agree to this because quite a few people maintain social media pages of those who have passed on, while others set up pages for loved ones that have gone missing in hopes of finding them. Some reports that months late after someone has passed, their green light indicates they are online. Others have seen posts made by a deceased person or by someone that is missing, but that were later determined to have been deceased at the time of the posting. This is a fairly new phenomenon, but one I'm sure we're seeing more and more of as people that are social media savvy pass on. So, but see, some of these to me are like, well, yeah, that could just be someone getting on their website or, you know, someone using the phone to, you know, I mean, it's not a, it's not a tangible thing to say though it's interesting and you know in movies it's slightly creepy but i think uh from my perspective a lot of what they're talking about can be manipulated from a very live person don't you agree i do okay and that is the news for today all right and it's actually time for us to go to break you took us right up to the break so all right all right stick around everybody you're listening to paranormal underground radio in the dark here on mix lr we'll be right back Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, 
crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. Hey, great t-shirt. I've heard of that place. It's really supposed to be haunted. You wear such cool t-shirts. You must have been, what, to every haunted spot in the country? Well, not really. I'm a member of HauntedShirtClub.com. I get a great t-shirt from a different haunted place every month, along with an info card with photos and stories and more. I can hardly wait to open it every month. Wow, I have to check that out. HauntedShirtClub.com, right? Yep, that's it. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier, co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Thanks for listening to the show. You've probably read my column in Paranormal Underground Magazine. I write columns about energy healing, metaphysics, and also dream interpretation. But did you know I also am an author of multiple books about metaphysics and the paranormal? You can learn more about the books that I've written on my website, authorkarenfraser.com. That's author, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Frazier, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R.com. The traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer-lasting Energy Star light bulbs. They're more efficient than the old bulbs, like a text message is more efficient than a carrier pigeon. And they cut down on our energy costs. Because in our own groundbreaking age, we deserve a light bulb that saves us some cash. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. So you're looking for the best in Paranormal Radio. Well, you just found it. Right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are on, we are back on MixLR. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your hosts, Chucky G and Karen Frazier. And now, I wish I had a drum roll. We have a, our guest on on the line with us right now, uh, Jamie Davis Whitmer, who is a writer, traveler, and invest. I love this, investigator of lost things. I like to say that because it sounds really creepy. Maybe I you think. can find my keys for me. <laughs> <laughs> can you do All those that? missing socks in the dryer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll launch a full investigation to the oh, keys. Look at that. Thanks. Actually, no, I don't lose my keys anymore because they now have a tile on them and I have an app and I just have to push the app and the keys beep wherever they are. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So now I'm an investigator of my lost keys, which because I lose my keys like several times a day. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, that's awesome. So how are you doing, Jamie? I'm just fine. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, well, thanks for coming on. So are we ready to chit-chat about things? I'm sorry? I said, are we ready to chit-chat about things? We'll do it. All right. All right. Go. So why don't you give us a little background on yourself 
and how you got into all this wonderful thing, such as writing and traveling and such, and actually the paranormal, for that matter. Well, the paranormal is something that kind of started from childhood, just always wanting to go into the spooky house on the corner. So that was kind of a natural instinct. And I guess the writing probably was natural as well, but my background really is working as a as a paralegal and started to make a little bit of money in my career, I started traveling more. And it was through traveling that I came across this place called Rolling Hills Asylum in uh, Western New York. Yep. Um, Just by chance, and really had seen the paranormal shows on television, but really didn't understand that that was an actual attraction that was open to anybody. You just walk up and buy a ticket like... It's Six Flags Amusement Park or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd never done anything like that and did it. And it was just a fantastic experience. I thought it was a very interesting thing to do with the historical tours and then, of course, the ghost hunting tied into it. And I wanted to know more places like that that people could, could go to, like an attraction. Right. And, um, you know, couldn't really find any, any book about it or anything like that. And so I just... I just wrote one. <laughs> I pitched five publishers, and one of them, Llewellyn, said, if, you're, if your pitch book is anything as well written as your pitch, we will give you a contract, but you are an unknown author. We're not going to give you a contract until you turn in a manuscript. So, right. you know, go out, have this adventure, turn something in, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, maybe we'll give you a contract. So that's how I got the contract for the first one, Haunted Asylums, Prisons, and Sanatoriums. Okay. So that was, then, your, fir- that was your first book then? The- yes. That, okay. was, that was the first one. Okay. And then the one that's uh, currently mm-hmm. coming up is about haunted hotels, and that's with Lou Wellen as well. And things just, things just morphed really through, through travel. Mm-hmm. So you said when you were a child you were into the paranormal. Was it just like, like anybody is, like, with the cool, creepy house, let's go check it out? Or, or, or were you, like, wondering how these things could happen? Like, did you want more of an answer on that, fe- yeah, on that question? Yeah, I, I, was, I was the one that was always finding everything at the library. You know, that kid in the nonfiction section looking for, the, for all the ghost books mm-hmm. and all of that. Gotcha. Were there any, were there any authors or books that, that stand out that you remember that really kind of drew you in or made you more interested in the paranormal? I'm thinking um, probably like Hans Holzer. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you were going to say that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he seemed to be like in the 70s. That was like the 60s, 70s that he was like the guy, you know what I mean? To go it was to like the stuff. catalyst for a lot of people, I think, going, going growing up and, yeah, right. and reading that. Okay. Harry Price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another one too. Um, so, okay. So the first book you had was Haunted Asylums, Prisons, and Sanatoriums. So besides Rolling Hills, what other places did you go to that you found to be really fascinating? I mean, that you you know maybe ran into activity, or is there any stories you can share with some of the other places you've gone? As far Saint as Saint Albans in Radford, Virginia. Oh, I never heard of that one. Okay, what's? Yeah, probably one of the lesser known ones. Okay. Um, Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in West Virginia. Okay. So what? Uh, what was the first one you said? Was what now called again? It's called St. Albans. And what is it's that? A former former school in the early 1900s, and then they turned it actually into an asylum. Oh. oh. So a hospital and an asylum. Okay. And 
I mean, that place was just every, every, I guess, hopping with activity, we thought, just like Rolling Hills was. Mm-hmm. So, and when you, when you go into these places, like, you know, because you're, you're, I'm assuming you're going to, with the thought process, I'm writing my book, but also at the same time that you're, you're investigating too. So, um, do you just go in like al natural or do you go in with equipment or, you know, how, what's your, what's your, how do you formulate and go about what you're doing? We're not too big on equipment at all. I like the flashlights. I like to try to have conversations using using flashlights mm-hmm. and having them light up in response. Okay. okay. Um, and of course, a, a, a voice. Now, when we traveled for the hotels book, we didn't use we didn't try to get any EVP at all because you're in a hotel; it could just be somebody Talking. next to you or something yeah. like that. Right. Um, so with with all the with some of the asylums and prisons, since you know you could do the EVPs or the you know, the audio there, did, had, had you come across anything that was really like that stands out that you could share with us? Yeah, the um, the EVPs from the from the prisons, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking in particularly of a uh, West Virginia state pen, mm-hmm. like matched what you would expect a, a prisoner to say. EVPs of like, get the F out of here. <laughs> Things like that. Seriously. Wow. Does your, now when you go, when you go on these, uh, these, uh, when you go traveling, does your husband come with you or do you go by yourself or is it like a, a two man thing? For the first book, for the first book I was with my best friend and for the second one it was me and my husband. Oh, so for the first one, was your best friend, and is your yeah. is, is your best is your best friend into the paranormal as well? Yes. Okay. Um, so okay, so we moved from haunted asylums and prisons and sanatoriums, and how, how did you decide? Hey, let's let's start doing haunted hotels, and I mean, what what made you change? You know, because I mean, we, we all think asylums and prisons—that's all creepy and stuff—but you know. Uh, even though there are lots of haunted hotels and such, it's not the first thing that comes to mind. So it made you decide, you know what, I want to go this route now. Well, honestly, the reason why is because my husband was concerned about us going into some of these dark places and really didn't want to have anything to do with going into asylums or prisons or any of that. And so the hotel's book it kind of seems like a safer subject matter. And in mm-hmm. retrospect, I think that completely was, was true. The, the, well, what do you mean it was true? That... Like, I had some weird things happen to me with haunted asylums. <laughs> There's this one time I went to a Yorktown Memorial Hospital in Texas. And every time we would leave a location, we would close by saying a prayer. That's what we believe. You know, you can't stay with us. You've got to stay here. You can't come with us in the car or anything like that. Well, we got in a hurry, and we didn't think about it until we are about 75 miles down the road back to San Antonio. We've got to say our prayer. And a couple of days later, when I got, I got back to my house, I had just an awful, awful nightmare. Now... I mean, a nightmare is a nightmare. It happens. Mm-hmm. But I know that I turned all the lights off in my house. I was living alone. <laughs> I know, that, like, my routine at night is to turn all the lights off downstairs, walk up the stairs, 
look back behind me one last time, and then I turn the hallway light off, and then I'll shut the door mm-hmm. and, and, you know, go to bed. Well, I woke up from that nightmare feeling like that there was a hag, like an old lady <laughs> in my face is what woke me up from, from this nightmare. And I got up, and I walked around, and every single light in my house was on. Mm. I don't I don't I don't know why. <laughs> um but it freaked me out and I I stayed with my parents. That next that next night I I drove and after work stayed at my parents' house. And my dad was like, You just gotta go back in your house and just tell whatever it is that you don't care what it does. You'll never interact with it and you'll never acknowledge it. And I did that and Nothing else ever happened to me. I never had anything else weird, no more nightmares, nothing, you know, at all. But um, my my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, saw, like, a dark shadow. The house doesn't have a lobby foyer uh-huh. area. And we staged the place and everything, and I moved out of that house. <laughs> About two months later, and I live in Savannah now. Now, <laughs> and nothing and nothing bothers me, and I I sleep fine at night. But he just didn't really want me, <laughs> you know, going back into the asylums and trying to have conversation anything that might be in there. So that's that's why. Sure, that makes sense. So, <laughs> yeah. so you you've kind of done intensive research on all different kinds of places, the hospitals and asylums and the prisons and the hotels. Do you find that there's a type of haunting that's characteristic for each different type of place, or is it just kind of a mixed bag? I think, well, the the weird thing about the hotels book is a lot of these places are former hospitals. Mm-hmm. Did we lose her? I believe I think, we've lost her. I think we lost her. Well, her phone was kind of cutting in and out a couple times there, so. Yeah. Jamie, Jamie, are you still there? Let me try and get uh, Jamie back on her cell sure. phone number. Sure, not a problem. Yeah. And um, and then we can continue on. I think mm-hmm. her phone died on us, so let's do this. Yeah, there. I just heard the hang-up noise. Yeah, yeah. I want to touch on some of the the haunted, like the mansions and stuff she's gone to. I mean, you got like Stanley Hotel, Lemp Mansion. I mean, Palmer House. Those are all, and even the Queen Mary, which is mm-hmm. uh, interesting that she's gone to all these well-known locations to know what kind of experiences she's had there. You know. Um, since she started off with what haunted asylums and prisons and stuff, which seemed to be more of a, and I don't understand why it always has to be like on the darker end of things. But well, I mean, but that's why I asked her that question is yeah. because I'd like mm-hmm. to know if that's actually true or if that's a myth. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know. Because yep. you just because by default, because you hear that, you all may think, oh, it's all evil and dark and whatever, you know. But right. not necessarily. That's not necessarily the truth. Do we have you back you guys, on? You hear me? Sorry about. Yes. Hey. Hey. hey! hey! So, um, we—I had just asked if there was like um, 
kind of characteristic hauntings that were different for each type of place because you know like on tv shows whenever it's an asylum it's always like really dark and so is and you you had just started answering when boop you were gone um this was thinking that a lot of these places wound up having the characteristic of being former hospitals in common um and as far as the hauntings i guess I guess they're all, uh, I don't know. They're different, but they're the same in the sense that it's very subtle. Like, you'll always read some kind of claim about, oh, we heard a child giggling or we heard footsteps or things like that. Uh-huh. The only thing that's, like, really, uh, I guess, specific that stands out is probably, like, a murdered spirit at the Drum Hotel where the maintenance man, there was a mysterious death where okay. he died in the elevator shaft. And so there's some claims about that. And uh, the Queen Mary has a first-class swimming pool area. And, of course, the ship was used during the war. So there's a whole bunch of uh, soldiers on board, and they don't know how many of them died. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess that's like a one a big one that stands out if somebody yeah. was killed on that right. ship. How often do the claims actually live up? to i mean or the actual activity how often do you find that the actual activity lives up to kind of the oral history and how often do you find that the oral history is maybe not quite right um (laughs) for the hotel book i i found that i guess a lot of the legends really weren't based in fact that it's more folklore Mm mm-hmm um, which kind of disillusioned my husband a lot because he felt like, <laughs> oh, well, because he felt like we go on these tours. He's like, and it, they're all just making up stories to tell the tourists. And I said, well, you can't think of it like that. You just have to think of it as folklore, as, as part of, it's entertainment, it's storytelling. Right. Um, but in some cases, the legends really are based on, you know, real people. And that's what's interesting to dig up. Where did all of this start? You know, who was this person? What happened? And that's why I found it so compelling out at the Jerome Grand Hotel and the maintenance man. I went to the Historical Society and um, dug up the coroner's report. And it's just very suspicious, you know, how it was investigated and and all of that. And when you compare history with current teams that are out there investigating and they think that they're making contact with the spirit of this man, Claude Harvey. And he's, you know, communicating to these teams that he was murdered. I mean, I've, I've talked to people, teams out there, and, and that's in the book where they're getting EVPs, where they're thinking that the spirit is telling them, you know, I was murdered. <laughs> and that's interesting to me. Yeah, Definitely. Jack, you had a question. You mentioned that you wanted to ask something about some of the hotels. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to just touch on some of the hotels just because, or in the mansions and such, just because they're they're very interesting to me. Like especially one that I'm really interested in is the Lemp Mansion um, that you uh, yeah. investigated because I went to a place in uh, Wisconsin. It's first called the First Ward Schoolhouse, and they actually have a couple of the beds from the Lemp Mansion in their uh, facility because they purchased them. So, can you? Oh, I wow. mean, you know. You know, the Lemp Mansion has a really, well, large and kind of dark history to it. So, 
can you can you kind of give us an idea of like when you went there, what it was like, and you know, I mean, did it kind of fit the mold that's put out there about that? Because I mean, that's a I mean, besides staying in a hotel, that's a pretty popular one. I mean, to me, it it you can you know kind of sense almost that it it could be like an old haunted mansion, just the way that it's decorated and everything, and it it's completely you know, picture perfect for the, for the haunted mansion type of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, was interesting to explore. We personally did not have anything happen to us out there Okay. at all, but I mean, uh, th- that means nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Yeah, you have to be a right time, right place, you know, stuff like that. It's, but yeah, it, it yeah, does I mean, have that look nice. to it. Yeah. It does have that, that, um, but that. yeah, don't you think that reputation comes into play and that some people are more prone to, report something that they might not have ever noticed before as a paranormal experience just because of the reputation of the place or the folklore? I mean, does the folklore create the haunting to some extent? I I wonder that. And I think with the general public, yeah, quite possibly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, because you go in and, and you take a tour and it's entertainment, but it's, it's, it's suggested to you like the whole way. You know, like we we took the we went on the Lint Mansion experience. It was on a Monday night. Um, a lady named Betsy did it. I mean, and she was great. And she disclosed to us. She's like, I have a theater background. I am, you know, I am an actor. I am a job, but I also do believe in the paranormal and and all of these things. And put on a presentation and had like a lot of the historical uh, articles and things like that down the down in the lobby that we could look at and. You know, you can see all the proof about the suicides and everything in the house, and all of that is very real. But you go through the tour, and it's it's a tour, and it's, okay, you know, did y'all see something out of the corner of your eye, run up the stairs, or y'all smell anything, and all of that. I mean, it's it's entertainment, the tours Right, are. right, and that's important to distinguish. So have you been to the Shanley Hotel? Because that's one that you seem to hear a lot about as far as like the most haunted hotel in the United States. And you have to sign a waiver. (laughs) I have not. I think actually, if I'm thinking about the right place, if it's in New York, I I emailed them (laughs) to see if they would would be interested in uh, signing a release and never heard back. But it was on my radar. Yeah. So what's sure, your, but what What do you think is the most haunted hotel you've ever been to then? I mean, in my opinion, it's it's that old mining hospital out in Jerome, Arizona. Oh, the Jerome Grand Hotel? Yeah. You had a few experiences and, there, did you? Yeah, we did. And um, captured a video of, of what we we thought it was a flashlight conversation for about 25 or 30 minutes. Huh. And it, it just, it just was wild, you know, cause that, that, I don't think that happened anywhere. Any, any of these 10 hotels, that was the only one where that happened. Whereas huh. the, the haunted asylums book, I was pretty much getting evidence everywhere except for Waverly Hills. So hotel hunt hauntings maybe are, um, more subtle than the, asylums ones huh or less less aggressive perhaps I, I think so and my theory for that is because people are going to the haunted asylums and prisons 
like specifically to ghost hunt. You know, that's, that's, that's what it's for. And so I think that there's some kind of psychological effect or something about all of these people gathered in one place, concentrating on this one mission. And I don't know if, if we're, I don't know if it's like a collective, you know, consciousness, if it's, if it's the Jeffrey Mm -hmm. ghost or something that we've created with, if there's really something out there, yeah, that's being called, but. I don't know. It makes you, it makes you wonder if you could take, you know, hundreds of people just to an empty building somewhere over the course of a year. Tell them to go and tell them stories. And just, you know, I've I've thought and, about that. And just see what happens. You know. Well, aside from <laughs> the ethics of just taking people to a, a place that you don't think is haunted and lying to them, I mean, yeah, I thought about no, that. Not, I don't. I don't think lie to them. I think. I think. Let's all go there and ghost hunt. Let's all okay. go there to ghost hunt and see what happens. Can oh. we call something to us? I think we can. And I, I bet I, you could. <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of it. Absolutely. Because, you know, whenever I'm a place where there are a bunch of paranormal people there or people who are mediums or things like that, absolutely that that happens that you tend to get activity so it makes sense to me yeah All right. wild. yeah we need to take a break so stick around everybody you're listening to paranormal underground radio in the dark we're going to do a little business and we'll be right back my name is daryl e berry jr long-time practitioner researcher and explorer of things metaphysical mystical and cutting edge and founder and director of next density a research, education, and development effort for personal and thus global progress, transformation, and development. My current and upcoming books include Travel Far, Classes on A Course in Miracles, and Next to Density. For my books and other writings, videos, interviews, public talks, and workshops, and to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit DarylEBerryJr.com or NextDensity.org. Next Density. Change yourself. Hey, are you looking for a new paranormal podcast? Check out All Day Paranormal with me, Crystal Vermis. And me, Manny Vega. We come to you every week with the latest in supernatural news and entertainment. That's right, and you can find out more by going to getspooked.net. And don't forget to check out our YouTube show by going to getspooked.net slash YouTube. A global secret society, what imprisons your overall freedom, dismissed as a conspiracy. Mind-controlling technology, dismissed as science fiction. Evolutions in primal energies, ghostly apparitions, UFO and extraterrestrial life forms, dismissed as a fantasy. Three books, written by Maria Anna van Driel, telling you everything what can be known by revealing the truth of the most unbelievable actions governments have made in the last eight decades in mind and behavior control. Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. 
So you're looking for the best in paranormal radio. Well, you just found it. Right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark on MixLR. If you just tuned in, we are talking to Jamie Davis Whitmere, who is a writer, traveler, and investigator of lost things. So we've been chatting about haunted asylums, prisons, sanatoriums, and we moved on to haunted hotels. I would like to go back to the Jerome Grand Hotel. I want to... I want to make I want to hear more of the story of the flashlights. I want to hear lots more about this. So you say this was one of the ones where you really got some activity going. You were you believe you were conversing with some of the spirits that were there. Can you go into more detail of maybe like a, how it started and what you, who you might think you were conversing with and what was going on? Share with us. Well, we think that we were talking to a patient there who still believed that they were living in the 1950s as the hospital was active. Oh, wow. And, and so, and so the, like you were using the flashlights like they do, you've seen on television where you, they can just touch Mm -hmm. the back of it and it'll actually let up for yes or no, or not, you know, depending on how you're, you're doing that. And you felt you were getting, now did you have, was there any like, do you have any background, like historical background or, or data to kind of match to what was happening or, or, or no? No. To, you know, to know who it's, okay. But I have a question no. about, about the flashlight. Well, okay. So if, and I always wonder this because I've, I've heard this before, like people communicating with a flashlight or a K2 or whatever they use to communicate. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, but I think the spirit still thinks it's still living. If I was having to communicate with, to somebody with a flashlight, mm-hmm. I would think that maybe I wasn't alive unless I thought that they were dead and I was alive, I suppose. But so, you know, wouldn't realization start to dawn maybe if that's the method they have to use to communicate with you? Yeah. I, I don't know. Bob thinks, Bob thinks like when the flashlight is lighting up or something that that they're actually trying to talk. Oh, okay. But, I mean, I haven't been on a recorder. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't hear any voices next to the... Because we put it next to the flashlight if we were alone. Mm-hmm. But I, so I you, haven't... And there's no audio to, to prove okay. that. So no audio to match it. But that's... A, no, that's actually an interesting thought process is they think they're putting the energy out as they're speaking... But actually, it's right. in, in turn uh, flashing the lights to so you're able to see it. But on their end, they're thinking that they're speaking. I, th- I found that pretty interesting. I've never, I, no one's ever said that before, so I, I think it's kind of a cool idea. Um, yeah. So um, a, a lot of these places, you, like, do you just do the tours when you go to these places, or do you actually sometimes like, hey, we're going to investigate, we're staying overnight, kind of a thing? Well, we we stayed overnight in, in every single place, and. Um, to the extent possible, mm-hmm. like for instance, the Drome Hotel, just by complete fluke, we were mm-hmm. the only guests. <laughs> so we had the whole hotel to ourselves. Oh, oh really? And what's um, and, and, ha- what's and oh, how cool. to, 
Yeah, it it was right after uh, New Year's in okay. 2015. And what what's the what's so, the what's the background to that to that place? Like you know what's uh, the claims and such or the lore? Okay, this this is a an old mining hospital that was shut down. Uh, I don't think it was shut down until like the 70s, actually, mm-hmm. 50s or 70s, and a lot of the claims are uh, residual type things where you'll <laughs> people have said that they've seen people jump out of the windows. Really? Um, yeah, I didn't see I didn't see anything with my own eyes there. But, Did something but, yeah, happen at some, some point that people jumped yes. out the windows? Well, the, the two things have been backed up by historical uh, documents, death certificates, that the hotel actually keeps on file at the front desk. And one is a patient um, committed suicide, but a woman named May, and she stung herself out the window, and, and she died. And then there was another guy, an executive. His name was Tom. And this was like right after the market crashed. And he actually committed suicide, Bob. He shot himself in the head in the hospital while he was in the hospital. So, I mean, this place is like for real. (laughs) And, you know, people die in hospitals all the time. But the thing that's kind of dark about it and what I found from finding the coroner's report, the investigation and everything, and there was another book actually written by a lawyer who, whose father was a miner. So he kind of escaped the, the mining town and went off to California and became a lawyer, and he wrote this book about what his father's life was like as a miner. And they paint that hospital as just it's a company hospital and the care is supposed to be very, very good to the minors. But that means if you injure yourself, your care is not going to be that great because you're no good to the company if you lost a leg. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's kind of just this darkness, um, that really has, you know, people, scholarly people have written that this is like a real thing that the hospital you know, maybe wasn't really given the best of care. If a minor got hurt, maybe they were kind of put into a wing that was referred to as the death rooms. Wow. You know? Uh-huh. And so, I mean, that's 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 for real. <laughs> yeah. And totally. to go into a place like that is interesting. But it felt happy. I mean, to me, it just felt like a happy uh Vacation place on top of a hill overlooking the Red Rocks of Sedona. Now, to my husband, he was creeped out the whole time we were there. Oh, he was? Why was he creeped creeped out? Uh, He couldn't put his finger on it, but he just said, said, if I was a dog, like my (laughs) my hackles would be up. He just felt like the town was eerie, Hmm. I guess. He had and, a little spidey sense going on. Yeah, his, his spidey sense was tingling. And for whatever reason, there's been um, a couple of modern day reports. Now, I haven't found any. Of, I haven't found any of these actually in a newspaper or death certificates or anything. But we did stop and talk. The librarian of all people was one of the 
the people that told us the story about the modern times, about three different men, I guess, got drunk and walked up the hill to that empty hospital and committed suicide. It's the story. Really? Hmm. So it's just got some very kind of dark. It's not just folklore, that place. Right. It has a dark history that, that certainly could lend itself to that. Well, that's why I wonder about, because, you know, when you see people um, like with prisons or asylums and you see it on any of the hunting, ghost hunting shows or any of that, they always talk about those as these are really evil, dark hauntings. And so I always <laughs> wonder if, if that's actually true again, or if it's perception because of what went on there. I think you find what you're looking for. I don't yeah, go out there right. looking for that, and I, and I don't ask for that. And so, I, you know, I don't, that's not my, that's not my experience. I can see how that, that could be your experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. So I want to find yeah. out about being a uh, finder of lost things because I think as we discussed, I lose things. So, <laughs> so, so tell me, tell me about this finder of lost things. And do yeah, you like, have any tips for me? Hook a girl up. Yeah, like where's the pile of socks? <laughs> Is there like a big mountain of socks somewhere that you found? No, I'll I'll tell you Sorry. where that phrase came from. It came from I found a notebook in an antique store. Mm-hmm. in Swainsboro, Georgia, of all places. And I got so fascinated with this notebook of trying to figure out, you know, who who was this person or whatever. And I spent a little time online. There was, like, different dates written down. And it was obviously a woman because it was, like, a, the date was from the 40s or something like that. And she had, like, a grocery list, and she had um, – a packing list of where she was going to go on vacation or something like that. And there were just like little different things in the notebook to kind of hint at her identity. Oh, there was an address. That's what did it. There was an address that she had written down. And so I'm a private detective too. I don't have my license anymore. I let it lapse when I went in house at the law firm, but that, that kind of stuff that's like kind of just, hobby type things for me just that I find interesting that's how that phrase came about okay interesting so you like the you like the mystery of digging through facts historical facts and trying to find stuff I do oh wait what happened with the lady did you find a lady did you find out who she was well, I mean, come on into this they can't give me this story and stop there <laughs> I, I thought that she just was a lady that lived in Atlanta and mm-hmm. I mean, she had she had died a long time ago, but it was just kind of interesting to look up the address and and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, 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 you have have you gone on any other jaunts since then of trying to find other people or things or? Only for the lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> Well, so, that kind of investigating is um, important as well. And do, so, do you actually do you actually do paranormal investigating then, or just go places for the purposes of writing your books? I would say for haunted asylums, I definitely feel like I investigated, mm-hmm. and I think for haunted hotels, we definitely investigated the Jerome Hotel and the Myrtles. We were alone in the Myrtles too. 
Oh, cool. Uh, but for the rest for the rest of that book, we really just were kind of tourists, you know, staying in haunted rooms, seeing if anything would happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chuck, we know about so being kind of more of a haunted hotels. Cruise. Yes, I know about haunted hotels. So well, know, no, we know about being the only guests in haunted hotels. Yes, I know about yeah. being woken up by a spirit in a haunted hotel also. <laughs> Where did that happen? Uh, the, it, uh, is it all right for me to say the, yeah. the, uh, yeah. the old wheeler hotel in Oregon? Uh, I was in a room where I believe, I believe the story was that there's uh, someone in that room, mm-hmm. uh, usually in the bathtub area and stuff. But what happened is I was I went to sleep and Karen and Jim were with me, so I came to visit them. So they were in like a, a room a little far away from me. But uh, I was sleeping, no problems. And I decided to roll over to the left side of the bed, and when I rolled over, I kind of started to fall back into sleep, and then I felt someone like poking me, like poking my arm, like hey, hey, hey. So I, I woke up, like I mean, right out of a dead sleep, and looking for. Expecting to see like Karen or Jim or somebody, they came in the room and because hey, I'm gonna bust into his room. Yeah, he's gonna bust in my room, wake, wake me up. <laughs> well, no, I, I thought maybe I'd just fall asleep so long. It's in the morning, you know. Hey, get up, we're gonna do something, you know. So I wake up and I look around, and it's still dark out, and there's no one in the room, and I could still feel Ooh. the impression from the being hit on the left side of the, of the, you know, my arm. I'm like, all right, whoever's doing that. You need to leave me alone. I need to get some sleep. I will stay on my side of the bed. So I rolled back over to the right side of the bed, and then I had no problems the rest of the night. It's only when I rolled to the left side, evidently I must have been taking up their space. So that was my. <laughs> no, I've slept in that. I've slept in that room on the left side, and I didn't have anything. But yeah. you know, I was really tired, so I might have just. <laughs> just ignored not, it or didn't even feel. Well, it. no. <laughs> remember <laughs> my. Yeah, my rule is don't. You know, yeah, don't, don't bug, bug me when I'm asleep. Don't wake me up. That is oh, yeah. my that is my ghost boundary. Don't wake me up. Yeah, and I didn't do any like boundary thing before I went to bed. So I suppose they're just like, hey, hello, hello. I don't know. Maybe they just want me to wake up so they could hang out or something. But there was nobody there, so <laughs> it was definitely an interesting thing. So, um, so yeah, with with with. So you said there are a couple of the hotels you actually investigated their rest. So what's with the Myrtles? What would happen with there? I mean, that's a place I've always wanted to go. So, can you tell us a little bit about that. That was one where, as soon as we checked into the place, we were getting hits on our K2 by the door. We stayed uh, downstairs off the porch, the General Bradford suite. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of weird. We investigated that night all upstairs. We were the only ones there. You know, nothing happened. We didn't feel anything. It just was like we were in somebody's house. Mm -hmm. Now, when we went to bed... I mean, houses get cold, but we we went to bed and the heater was set on like 70. This is in January, so it was, it was really cold. Okay. And we woke up and the the heater in our room, you know, wasn't working. It was like 55 degrees. The parlor oh, was still lovely. 70. So, I mean, for whatever reason, you know, it's uh-huh. an old house. Mm-hmm. But the reason that we woke up, it was like 5 in the morning and all I could hear was like heavy boot steps mm-hmm. coming coming towards coming towards the door, and then a whole bunch of cats really were just like losing their minds, yowling, running from something. Okay. First you heard the cats, and then you heard the boots. Okay. Okay. Um, I stayed in bed. <laughs> My husband got up, <laughs> and you know nothing was there. There was no employees there, no cars. 
nothing. Wow. Hmm. So, I mean, that that was weird. Yeah, definitely. And we, so both, do you, we both heard it, so it wasn't hmm. like I was having a dream. Right. right. So do you have kind of a bucket list of um, more hotels? Do you want to do more of the haunted hotel thing, or do you have something else on tap next, or what's your what's your next thought as far as what you want um, to do with books? <laughs> The Haunted Caribbean, of course. Hmm. <laughs> Caribbean. Yeah. I would do that. Yeah, that would that's, be fun. That's, that's a dream list. There's <laughs> there's no way Llewellyn's going to pay for that. <laughs> Probably not. No. No. But it'd be pretty yeah, awesome that would to be try. A dream, like, uh, forts, you know, all the, all the forts down there. Like, oh. Yeah. Well, that would be neat. You mean, how about Gettysburg? Gettysburg. Yes. Gettysburg was was cool, but very touristy. Yeah, I that. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see that too. But I mean, there's a lot of claims to a lot of the things that happen in Gettysburg. You know, here, yeah, shots fired, and you know, I mean, I know they have recreations and stuff, so it's hard to differentiate between what's really happening and what's. You know, paranormal, but there are some locations down there that are supposed to be extremely active. So, did you were, did you get to did you go there and check any of that stuff out, or, or was it just all just too touristy? No, we we spent I think probably a day and a half going through there and going to the Devil's Den area and everything like that. But um, you know, you can't really get anywhere alone, or or we couldn't anyways. It was summer. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to hard to tell, but it's very still. Um, I haven't really been on too many battlegrounds, but my husband has, and that was his comment. His comment was, "It's very still here," whatever that means. No, makes sense. Uh, his his spidey sense wasn't tingling, apparently. So, um, <laughs> so haunted tourism. Do you think that that uh, a lot of the people go to stay at these? I mean, I know like Myrtles. I think a lot of people go stay at Myrtles Plantation. Mm. Maybe most of them because it's haunted. But do you find that most hotels with a haunted reputation that it's it's mostly haunted tourism, or uh, are there people who go who just have no clue? Um, I think like for the Stanley Hotel, it's for sure haunted tourism. And I love that place. <laughs> but, you know, that's another one that's very touristy. And that and that's fine. It's a beautiful location and a fun time. Um, the one that I talk about in Savannah called the Kehoe House, I think most people have no idea about the haunted history of that place. It's a former funeral home. Uh-huh. Well, no wonder. And, um <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's an old family home, and, um, you know, a lot of family members died at home in the late 1800s anywhere. Sure. But, so that, but that one is like a luxury kind of bed and breakfast, and I was really surprised that they signed a photo release because uh, they don't advertise as being haunted or anything like that. And I think that's the only one in that book that really isn't, you know, advertised, come have the haunted experience or whatever. 
Yeah, because a lot of places, I, I, there are a lot more haunted hotels than you would think out there. But a lot of places want to keep it on the on the down low. Yeah, they don't really want to promote that aspect of it. <laughs> well, and I understand so maybe that, that. Maybe that would be, you know, the other one. Except for I can't, you know, get a book published without releases and. Right. If they don't want to promote it, they're not going to sign a release. Right. right. Yeah. So what about the what about the Queen Mary? I mean, we all hear about the Queen Mary. We all know I I I'm really into that. The pool area is supposed to be extremely active. So you were there. So tell us. I like, had a personal like, experience. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, tell us. All right. So tell us about the Queen Mary. Give us a little of the background, and then you know, kind of tell us what happened with you. So by the time we got to the pool area, it was probably about 3 a.m. And it was a very small group. And it was a guy named Matthew Schultz who was running the tour tour guide. Super, super nice guy, stand-up dude. His job is, I don't know, something in computers. So, um, you know, he he doesn't make his money from promoting haunted stuff or whatever, I guess is what I'm trying to say. He's credible, I thought. Anyway, so um, they had disabled the audio tour guide, like that that people take when they're going on a self guided tour. They give you the headset or whatever to listen to. Okay. And so there's there's no way that we were hearing any kind of audio, but every single person that was on that tour, there's probably twenty of us just standing there in the in the pool area. We heard a little girl giggling. Mm-hmm. Now, was there a kid walking around at 3 a.m. giggling? Highly unlikely. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what that's. But the, that that's, was weird. Yeah, that's one of the claims. Because um, uh, I know they did. A, I have a there's a DVD out from the Queen Mary with Peter James from a long, long time ago, where he did um, investigated the Queen Mary and the pool area was. I don't know if uh, what the, the little girl's name was, but he at one point was calling out and you would hear her call back and you would hear her talking and so that is uh that is very well known so and then you said was was it you, did you say just you or is there a bunch of people that heard the giggling and the no we 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 all heard it okay and like looked at each other you know and we're looking around and everything and normally you can tell if somebody's putting a joke on mm-hmm. right. you know, they'll give it away after a couple of seconds or a minute or whatever and I got back in touch with, you know, Matthew Schultz and I said, yeah, I'm still thinking about that. I'm still thinking about this. You know, do we really hear that? <laughs> yeah. And he said, yeah, it, ha- it happens all the time. Wow. I think Cheryl, Cheryl, didn't you have something in the pool area of the Queen Mary too? Um, mine was in the um, dressing room next to the pool area. And um, it was, what happened was, you know, the whole tour went in, we were on the haunted tour and we went in and, um, you know, they were talking about how there was vor, you know, vor, vortices in there and, you know, telling us about the ghosts and this and that. And I just, all of a sudden, you know, it could have been, I could have gotten claustrophobic. I'm not sure what happened, but I got extremely sick to my stomach and had to actually run out of there. I sense a pattern, Cheryl. 
Oh gosh, wow. <laughs> I didn't think about that because I got. I sense a pattern. She had that same something very similar happen to her at Waverly. So Only you much may worse. <laughs> Waverly, yeah. That may be your kind of spidey sense. Yeah, you're highly, I, highly sensitive. I hadn't mm-hmm. thought of that, but I just yep. I was really almost dizzy, sick to my stomach. I literally couldn't last another second. I had to get out of there. I was embarrassed actually because I, I I had to bolt out of there. Wow. It was it was a little embarrassing for me, but <laughs> it was interesting because I wasn't really sure why i hadn't felt anything i don't think really up until that point so mm-hmm. it was definitely a little strange wow. so did anything else happen um jamie at the besides the, you know, the giggling of course was there anything else that you experienced on the queen mary since there's i mean there's a lot of claims you know yeah i i too had an experience in that dressing room where i felt dizzy and oh, i had a vision hmm. oh, wow. i had a vision vision okay. of of like an old woman, you know, and in, in the book, I just called it, I was having a horror movie experience, you know, for whatever reason, I was in the fall by myself. My husband is a pilot and had to fly. So he wasn't, you know, up with me doing the ghost tour from 11 to 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. He was in the room and I was on the tour with all these, you know, strangers or whatever. And so standing in the fall by myself, I just felt really dizzy and got really scared. Like, for no reason. I mean, people were in arms, you know, length of me across across the the way or whatever. But yeah, that that place scared me. <laughs> that dressing huh. room. Interesting. So, do you feel better, Cheryl? I feel a little better. <laughs> I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but no, but I don't know why. Like, I haven't heard anything. Like. Why the dressing room? Why and why the first class hotel? I mean, the first class swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Either for that matter, it's just it's just very weird. Who knows? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just could be a, there could have been a lot of energy within the area you're at, and you're just very hypersensitive, and you know, you just happen to be there at the right time, picking up on it, and they could just kind of like throw you off, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So, did you did you see any of the soldiers or any of the other stuff that they talk about on the? Queen Mary or no, I've I've never actually seen anything except for a mm. shadow figure at a prison on death row at Missouri State Pen on really? death row. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. Right, tell us the story. Tell us about that. What you saw? Oh, was what? it wielding a knife? Oh my God! No, no, no! <laughs> what a question! <laughs> no, it, I was I was um I was in a death row cell. Uh-huh. And my friend Sam was standing, you know, right outside, and I'd, I'd put the flashlights and the K2 on the bunk, and I started kind of asking questions and introduced myself, and I would just kind of try to have a conversation, just like I'm having a conversation with the person at Starbucks or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And that seemed to get, you know, really good results, but I guess probably, I don't know, a couple minutes, maybe not even five minutes. I saw something out of the out of the corner of my eye, and it was just like a big burly man, but it but it looked like a shadow, but just like a huge burly <laughs> burly man, and he just walked up and just very calm, like just to check me out. I wasn't threatened, I wasn't scared, mm-hmm. you know. He it, he just was there all of a sudden and stupid. Me, I pick up the flashlight and turn it on at him. <laughs> and 
and, and you know, it's gone. Hmm. Really? Did you but feel yeah, anything that was, then? That did was you, real to me. Did your spidey sense yeah. go off when you were doing that, or? I, no, it was like too quick for me even to to process feeling <laughs> at all. <laughs> but I think it was real though because we went back upstairs. And the, the team, the Missouri team that was yeah. on site, we were telling them, and they were like, yes, that's people see that. People see a big, burly shadow figure down there. Wow. I was like, well, I just saw them. <laughs> wow. That was the only thing that I've, that I've, ever, that I've ever seen. And um, I think probably, like, part of me really doesn't want to see. <laughs> see, like, yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't yeah, like, I don't yeah. really, I don't really want to see. <laughs> you don't want to experience too much. So, all right. So you, you've written these books and you've, you've gone through all those experiences. So what, I mean, what is your feeling on the paranormal? I mean, I know when you were a kid, you were all into it and it was really cool and you're checking out now you're grown up and you've gone through all this. I mean, what's your take on the paranormal? What's your personal feelings on it? My take, my take on it is. That I'm comfortable being a tourist, but that I'm not comfortable in my knowledge of what I'm opening <laughs> up by investigating. Okay. I think I think is my takeaway because I mean the haunted asylum thing. I mean nobody could tell you what it is that we're doing. We think we think we're talking to a spirit. We think we're talking to a ghost. I mean who, who's to say what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's harmless and maybe it's not, but I, that weird experience with coming back and, I don't know, the thing in my house possibly, that kind of cured me off the, I'm going to go into the asylums and ghost hunt. <laughs> yeah, that would do it, right? I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it it did, and uh, I don't know. It's interesting, I think. And part of it could just be my husband's voice in my head because he just, he thinks it's dangerous and it, it scares him, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's one of those things that's like, I, I'm not, I don't care so much about it that I'm going to, like, have a relationship issue with my marriage or my family, you know, because I want to go ghost hunt. Right. Right. What is, what does he <laughs> think, what does he think is dangerous about it? Mm-hmm. Um, just opening yourself up to something possibly like seeing that you're willing to entertain it and it just kind of attaching to you and maybe not really leaving you alone. Fair enough. So did that, was that before the house thing or did that seem to come after the house thing? That was, that was after the house thing, the whole York Memorial hospital and the house thing. Yeah, He's so like, that's, that's probably like, understandable. Yeah, I, it is. And I, I mean, I feel the I feel the same way. Like I just, I wish I could I could know what it was, but we, but we can't. I mean, right? We, we can't. Think, I mean, we, we can, think we, we can, know. We think we know, but we don't. Right, right. <laughs> we think we can go into wherever we want to go, and you know, call something's attention. And then say, like, oh, well, nice talking to you. You stay here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, I don't, it doesn't necessarily work out for me that way that one time, possibly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, 
Yes, you're the voice of experience, absolutely. So we have come to the time in our show that we call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. So this is where you get to uh, tell people where they can find you, they can find your books, if you have social media, really anything you want to share. Heck, if you want to promote your law your your law firm, that would be fine too. <laughs> That's great. My uh, blog is jamiedaviswrites.com. The books uh, pretty much can be found anywhere online, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Llewellyn.com is the publisher, and they sell them directly as well. Um, Facebook is the Haunted Asylums, Prisons, and Sanatoriums, and I think there's one out there for the Haunted Hotels book, Um, and I think that's about it. I don't do Twitter. You don't do, no, you know what, I have tried, I have a Twitter, and I just, it's just not me, man. (laughs) Yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't get it. I have more to say than 140 characters. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's you need a whole blog. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no. I just have a blog. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good on the Twitter either. And and apparently now the other one that's supposed to be added to the mix now is Snapchat, and that just stresses Y'all, me out. No, I can't. Oh, I no. I started an Instagram a long time ago. The pictures are still up there, but it's like you have to pretty much hire. A yeah, assistant for 25 hours a week yeah. to, to maintain all that. I know, I, I know. Just, I, I, I have, have that Pinterest. kind of money. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a Pinterest that I've never used. I mean, you know. Oh, yes, that's another one. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm right there with you. Facebook is where I do my stuff, too, and all of the rest yeah. of them. And my blog and Facebook and the rest kind of languish. So, uh, because you're right, it takes you a full time. can't do it all. Nope, absolutely. All right, well, thank you for coming on the show. It's been fun talking to you. When's the book come out? Thank you, guys. October 8th. October 8th. All right. Very good. Um, I, we appreciate you coming on the show. And yep. um, I, I I hope that you you get to do whatever you do for your next book. And um, I, I, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for the, the uh, tropical haunted one. Yeah, the Caribbean. Well, thank <laughs> you guys very much. Y'all have a good night. Right, thank, thank you. You, you too. Uh-huh. Good night. Bye-bye. Yeah, I would do the uh, Haunted Caribbean, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. Let's uh, haunted haunted Hawaii. Here we go. Uh, well, you know, my little, sister lives, my little sister lives in Hawaii, so, yeah. so I've been to Hawaii a few times. Oh, never And been. I always have reasons. Is it reason. nice? Um, yeah, she lives on Kauai, and oh, okay. it's just a beautiful island. It rains a lot there, uh, but uh-huh. it only rains for like five minutes at a time, and it's like the most intense rain you've ever seen. And you just keep doing what you're doing because you get soaking wet, but then it's so darn hot that five minutes later it stops, and you're dry <laughs> like five minutes after that. Hey. Plus, uh, in, in August, it's like so humid, right, mm-hmm. that it feels like it's raining all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You get out of your air-conditioned car or you step out of your air-conditioned place and it's, it feels like you've, you're stepping into a shower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Hawaii in August, not so much. But the rest uh, of the time, it's really beautiful. Okay. I was just curious. I've never been uh, any, any of those cool you know, areas where it's beautiful water and, you know, it's, it's nothing. Oh, yeah. It's lovely. Absolutely. All righty. So yes. Cheryl. Yes. Cheryl. Do we want to do um, Nicole's thing first, or do we want to do business first? Business. Um, I want to do Nicole's thing first. Because it kind of ties in, right? Yeah, it kind of ties in. Um, Nicole Strickland uh, from San Diego, California. She is um, a part of several different paranormal 
investigative groups. And but she also is an expert on the Queen Mary, and um, she's an expert on the the historical side of the Queen Mary, but also on the haunted side of the Queen Mary. And she's actually written several books about the uh, Queen Mary. And you can find those online. But she did a segment for us, a five-minute segment about the Queen Mary and some historical facts and some haunted facts. So we thought we'd play that for you now so you could uh, check it out. And then we'll be back after we play that and we'll do some business. We'll tell you some about business. This, some business. So we can tell you who's coming up next week and, um, and some other cool stuff. So shall we just go right on into it? Roll Certainly. it. All right, Roll let's, it. let's do it. Born to reign upon the seas, the RMS Queen Mary is a testament to British shipbuilding. In both war and peace, her career has stood out more than any other liner. In addition to all the work she has accomplished for humanity, the Mary is also coveted as being one of the most haunted places on earth. Paranormal researcher and author Nicole Strickland has conducted both historical and paranormal research on the Queen Mary for many years. In this book, she delves deeply into the vessel's spiritual phenomena, sharing her many encounters with its ghostly activity and resident energies. In addition to discussion about the Mary's various ghosts and spirits and hotspot locations, this volume also shares previously unpublished experiences from research colleagues and ship visitors. Stories abound for each Queen Mary passenger and crew member. In a way, her spiritual phenomena helped to share the story of her unrivaled career on the high seas, a quest to help keep both her living and haunted legends afloat. Uniting the people of her past with those of her present, this stately masterpiece continues to share her living, haunted legend with visitors from all over the world. Hello everyone, this is Nicole Strickland, founder and director of the San Diego Paranormal Research Society and California Coordinator to the Ghost Research Society. As you all know, the RMS Queen Mary is one of my favorite haunted historical locations to conduct both historical and paranormal research. I have been honored to conduct over 50 paranormal research projects in various areas of the liner. In my latest book, spirited Queen Mary, her haunted legend, I go more in detail and discuss the Mary's spiritual inhabitants and resident energies. I go more in detail and discuss the many encounters I have had with the Queen Mary spirits and talk about the various hot spots such as the pool, after engine room, boiler rooms, our deck forward, hotel sections, the isolation ward, and many others. In the book, I offer thorough discussions about some of the ship's famed energies, such as Jackie, JP, William Eric Stark, World War II servicemen, the Lady in White, as well as many others. The RMS Queen Mary isn't just a ship. She's a legend, a legend with a beautiful spiritual aura. She definitely speaks of a nostalgic and bygone era. There were many people from different walks of life who stood on the decks of the Queen Mary, and still do to this day. She has navigated people who might not see the next day's beautiful sunrise, all the way to those who saturated themselves in her luxury and extravagance. Thus, the ship is home to various impressions left from her long-lost passengers, 
some who are still trying to find their way home. Her inherent beauty, nostalgic character, and abounding history will remain in the heart and soul of her visitors forever. Furthermore, in her new golden age, her spirited soul will continue to provide a foundation for the study of paranormal research and phenomena. I want to take a moment to reiterate the profound words of Mabel Fortescue Harrison. On the day of the Mary's 1934 launching, she said, Most of this generation will be gone, including myself, when this event occurs. However, the Queen Mary, launched today, will know its greatest fame and popularity when she never sails another mile and never carries another passenger. When you visit the Queen Mary, make sure to listen to her as she quietly whispers about her living legend on the seas. If you take the time to listen to her, you will connect with her soul. If you have a unique experience while visiting the Queen Mary historic ship in Long Beach, California, I would love to hear from you. Please contact me through my websites at www.sandiegoparanormalresearch.com, spiritedqueenmary.com, or via my author site at authornicolestrickland.com. And we are back with Paranormal Gun Radio in the Dark. So, <laughs> next week is new format change. Yeah, it's coming. That's right. And so, um, we're going to have uh, so, some of these correspondent reports. Next week, we have one. Is it from Jack Kenna? Yeah, Jack Kenna's going to be t- telling us about one of his investigations. He actually interviewed um, someone, and it was prior to an investigation. And so then. Um, we will get to hear that next week. And also, we're going to be doing a lightning round. We're bringing back the lightning round, ladies and gentlemen. Dun, dun. I know. So, and also, this is new uh, for me. yeah. And then the other thing we're talking about, and this is what I can say it on the air just as easily as I was saying it off the air, is Chuck, are you going to start doing some man on the street segments? Um, yes. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to do man on the street next Thursday, though, because I'm in Wisconsin. But I mean, yes, I'm going to start. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, start but that's like- all going to be. Pre-recorded stuff, right? Yeah, and it, and it yeah. doesn't matter like what I what question I ask, right? I can no. ask anything about paranormal. Okay, yeah, no problem. Yeah. I'll start coming up with some questions. So we have we have look. some kind of exciting changes coming. We're going to talk mm-hmm. a little more metaphysics at the top of the show. Uh, Chuck yeah. will still do the news every once in a while. I'll do some yep. metaphysics. So we have all these big changes coming up. We're really excited about the lightning round coming back because that was always a lot oh, of fun. Oh, so much fun. Yeah, we had a lot of yeah. fun with that. And, <laughs> and the other thing is that <laughs> listeners, if you want uh, to hear me discuss something in metaphysics, you can email it to Cheryl, uh, editor at paranormalunderground.net. You can email your dreams. If you want to come on a lightning round, let Cheryl know. We would love to have you and we'll make sure that you can be part of a lightning round. We really want to start involving people who listen to the show as well. Yeah. Um, and have you be part of the big show because it's been about us for too long. Yeah, and just don't forget too. You know, you have to like the new format and let us know if you're liking it, what you dig about it, and stuff. So, Cheryl, we still will have a guest with all of these exciting things. Oh, yeah, oh, we'll yeah. still have a guest next week. What's that? Every, be? every week we'll still have a guest. Um, next okay. week, yeah. September first, uh-huh. we will be talking with Constanza Morningstar. And she is the author of, excuse me, <coughs> Medium, A Step-by-Step Guide to Communicating with the Spirit World. Well, look at that. Right up wow, there. Wow, she's going to teach us step-by-step. 
Nice. Step by step. Okay. Excellent. I'm excited. Yeah. Got some learning to do. And so the new magazine is out, which you mentioned at the top of the show. With a cool cover. Yes. Yes. It's got a super cool cover. Go to paranormalunderground.net. Check out all of our magazines, including the latest one. And if you want to email me for a free PDF, email editor at paranormalunderground.net and just ask me for a free PDF. And I'll send it your way and you can see how cool it is. Yeah. And here's the other thing. If you actually have like a story that you would like to share with Paranormal Underground, like our correspondents are doing, we do have regular correspondence, but you might get in touch with Cheryl for that as well and see if it's something that we can use on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please do. I'm thinking maybe a paranormal musical on the street too, or something. Maybe no, I'll I'll, I'll take something up. I'll a paranormal see. musical? Yeah, <laughs> paranormal musical on the street. So start singing with people about the paranormal. That'd be wonderful. Oh, there we go. Well, I you know it's it's going to be new and exciting, and we're going to bring back some old favorites and and try and just really liven this joint up so that you're not always having to listen to me and Chucky e. G. Hey, Karen. Did we explain what the light, lightning round was for oh. listeners who don't know? Oh, well. Explain. The lightning round is where everybody, we, we have a group of people, mm-hmm. and we, I come up with several topics or questions, and I ask them, and everybody has just a quick minute to give their, to give their answers. You like a quick answer? Yeah. Okay. Like, so, so it's fast moving. It's fast pace. It's kind of funny. Okay, like, wait, do a question. Do like a test question for me. And I don't test. have anything prepared right now. I Just have to same. prepare these. So okay. it might be. So a lot of times it'll be like I mentioned that there's this story in the news. And, um, oh, like I remember one of them. <laughs> and okay. I'm sorry. This is the only one I remember. And it was about okay. breast, breast milk ice cream. And <laughs> I. Do you remember that one, Cheryl? And it was like, what, what was you, what? What would be your favorite flavor of breast milk ice cream? I mean, so some of it is off the wall stuff. Some of it is uh, actually like opinion <laughs> stuff about paranormal. That's, wait, is that real? It is. <laughs> yeah. Ew, that'd be my answer. Ew. None of the above. That can't be yeah. your answer for everything. No, it's like it, death is not an option and ooh is not an option. You have to come uh, up with an answer. I'd say chocolate. So, for instance, okay, like maybe I would read a an article about or, or just give you a little snippet about alien abduction. And I ooh. would say, and where would you prefer to have your alien probe? In my ear. There you go, Cheryl. Um, I'm going to say in my... Gotta be the <laughs> Bob. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm totally kidding. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a little shocked that you went there, frankly. Yeah, I went. See, see, see what I mean? It can be strange. During the lightning round. And, and, and yeah, unexpected. Oh, I like this already. This is going to be fun. I would like to change my answer to my leg. No, you can't change your answer. <laughs> there you go. That's what you have in store. Uh-huh. And, um, again, it's we never mean to be obnoxious. It's just sometimes you panic. It's like the panic lightning you know, round. Even if you can't be fun, you can't have a little fun. You can always be serious. You got to have a little fun. Thank you. Yeah. That's right. So we we love the lightning round, and we're excited to be bringing it back. Woo-hoo. And we hope that some of you listeners will choose sometimes. to participate. <laughs> will choose sometimes. to participate in the lightning round with us as well. 
So uh, we will be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. Talk at you next week. Bye-bye. Good night. Night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, It could just be something paranormal.